0: Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, they host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all across the NFL, giving you the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you You get your shows. You are locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louie DiBiase joining you on episode five this week of five. Downloaded into your phone wherever you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles. We're available on Apple, on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, you name it. Available on all platforms five days a week. Monday through Friday throughout the season. And then, hey, we talk birds on Twitter all year round 24-7 at Lockdown Birds at DiBiase L-O-E. My co-host, Gino Camilleri, his Twitter is at GC24 underscore football. So, yeah, today is a post-game show. Honestly, we did one last night after the Eagles' first preseason game of the 2021 season, falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lincoln Financial Field, 24-16. to But again, the preseason isn't about... The wins and losses it's about the moral victories, which is the complete opposite, or at least the players will say it's the complete opposite of what the regular season is. I think there are moral victories in the regular season, but it, depending on the timeline of your team, like I think the Eagles in 21, 2021, it's going to be a lot of moral victories this year. but players would say the opposite. I thought yesterday was a great start to the new era of Philadelphia Eagles football. We got into all our initial takeaways last night. Again, you can find that podcast wherever you get your shows. Coming up on today's edition of the podcast, considering now we have one full game under our belt in the preseason, we've got two more here coming up, but we have also had about a month now of training camp to fully evaluate this roster under Nick Sirianni. I thought it'd be a good time to officially release my first 53-man roster predictions. After a game of the preseason, after training camp, I feel like I have a good idea now of what the roster could look like. Obviously, a lot of things could change in two weeks based on how these players perform. But right now, I feel like I have a good grasp of what to expect on this roster come September 12th when the Eagles take on the Atlanta Falcons. And so the way I'm going to do this, actually, I'm not only going to predict the 53-man roster, but I'm going to do it in depth chart form. So I'm going to give you what I think the 53 is going to look like, but I'm also going to put it in depth chart order who I think the starters are going to be. I thought yesterday some players that were already thriving in training camp and earning their starting role or earning their spot on the roster continued that momentum from camp into the preseason against Pittsburgh. I thought some guys really did not help their case, and I thought some surprised and maybe weren't shining at camp, and yesterday really did a lot for their chances at the fifty-three. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's a protein bar, but you wouldn't even know it. It tastes just like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate. It's Built Bar. Built Bar is the healthy alternative 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories only range from 130 to 180 in every bar. And there's only four to five grams of sugar. And best of all, they're just delicious. Nine unique flavors. There's something for everybody. If you like coconut, they've got a coconut flavor. Maybe you got, you're a mint guy. Mint brownie, cherry barcia, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. It's all available at Built.com. And I can get you 15% off your order today when you head to Built.com and use our promo code. It's LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Again, using the promo code LOCKED15. Go get yourself another helping of the best tasting protein bar in candy bar form. It's Built Bar. So without further ado, let's start that up with the offense and we're going to start with the quarterback position. Look, Before yesterday, when I had done this a couple days ago, I just wrote down on a notepad my 53-man roster predictions. I had the Eagles keeping three quarterbacks. I thought they were going to keep Jalen Hurts. I thought they were going to keep Joe Flacco. But I also thought they were going to keep Nick Mullins. I thought I was one of the guys that said Mullins might be as good as Joe Flacco, if not better right now, considering his somewhat successful run as a backup with the San Francisco 49ers the last couple of years. Like, didn't win games, really. But he flashed some things, did look way more competent than a third-round pick in C.J. Beathard under Kyle Shanahan. But then he signs with Philadelphia, and yesterday was, really, he hasn't done a lot in camp, and then yesterday was just atrocious. Like, that was Clayton Thorson level bad. Or... Christian Hackenberg, if you will, just some Eagles past preseason quarterbacks that just had no shot at the roster, just were abysmal in the preseason. That's what Nick Mullins was yesterday. So after yesterday, I've cooled it on the Mullins over Flacco for QB2 campaign. I think Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts are going to be the only quarterbacks on this roster. And no, obviously Flacco. I didn't mean it in that order. Flacco is not QB1. Jalen Hurts is. But I don't know how you keep Mullins. To me, I mean, again, there's still two more games, and he does have some success in the regular season. But Joe Flacco is a former Super Bowl MVP, and he's got, to me, just still a superior arm, better arm talent. And Mullins had, I think, at one point yesterday, and I don't know if this held up. I'd have to get the stats in front of me here. But Nick Mullins had one completion, and he had two interceptions. Like, it was really, really bad yesterday. And the interceptions were... They weren't good plays. They were awful looks. You know, there's just some interceptions. You're like, okay, we can live with that kind of decision. No, that wasn't the case yesterday. So Mullins, yeah, no, I was right. He finished one of five for four yards and two picks. Whereas Joe Flacco, I thought actually looked really sharp. 10 of 17, 178 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown, the 79-yard screen pass to Quez Watkins, which keep in mind, Joe Flacco did check into. So he's a veteran. He's got good arm talent and he didn't completely botch the preseason opener like Mullins did. So right now, if I had to pick the quarterback depth chart and the roster in general, I would say it's just Hurts and Flacco. At the running back position, I'm keeping four guys here. And again, this is is what I think they're going to do, not what I would do personally. But this is what I think they're going to do. I think the Eagles are going to keep four running backs, as per usual, at least over the past couple years, I think it's going to be Miles Sanders. Obviously, as RB1 did not play yesterday against Pittsburgh. No injuries to report. Nick Sirianni just said they know what Sanders is. That is a big confidence booster in the third-year running back. I think Sanders is obviously your majority running back lead that's going to get you know, 70 80% of the carries. And then RB2 is not going to be Boston Scott. Boston Scott, to me, is a lock to make this roster. And yesterday, he was RB2 behind Jordan Howard, surprisingly. I think, though, it's not going to be Scott. It's not going to be Howard. It's not going to be one of those 2019 running backs. It's going to be Kenny Gainwell. Kenny G looked really exciting yesterday. Like He didn't make any big plays, but he looked versatile. He showed off some power that I didn't think he had for a running back that we're mostly focusing on his speed and his receiving ability. But you can also see, like, he's got a wingspan. He's When he was lining up in the slot, especially considering he's number 14, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a slot receiver, 100%. I didn't do any sort of double take. He's got a good catch radius. He's got good hands catching outside the numbers. And, man, he is really explosive. I think he's more... He's a more dangerous version of Boston Scott. He's way more dynamic, I think, as a receiver. And Boston Scott's kind of been that receiving RB2 the last two years. I think Gainwell is going to unseat him in that role by the start of the regular season. I just think you can do so much more with Gainwell when he's on the field. And you could even use Gainwell in the slot with with Miles Sanders on the field at the same time. I don't think you can do that with Sanders and Scott. So to me, Gainwell's RB2, Boston Scott's RB3... And then when it comes to Jordan Howard versus on Johnson versus Jason Huntley, I don't know, guys. Huntley, yeah, he's been having a really good camp. But as I said, I feel like considering the explosiveness and the multidimensional ability of Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott, I feel like Huntley is kind of the same type of player, just worse. You're not going to keep four of those running backs. you got to keep at least one power back. one I don't even want to say power back, but one bigger running back, right? The more traditional-looking guy. And I think between Jordan Howard and on Johnson, I don't know. I would have said carry-on last week, but Johnson's had a quiet camp, didn't make a lot of plays yesterday, and Howard being RB1, even over Scott last night, to me, was pretty impactful. And he made the most of those opportunities. He didn't have any big runs, but if you saw that one huge block he made in pass protection, that's going to be the difference. Pass pro considering Gainwell, Scott, you don't want those guys out there in pass pro. I think Miles Sanders is going to bounce back in that area this year, but if he's not on the field, Jordan Howard might be that second-best guy. I mean, on Johnson's a great pass blocker as well, but that pancake block yesterday, Howard just destroyed. I can't remember who the guy was for the Steelers on defense, but that went away a long way yesterday. And again, it's probably going to change each day, each week. But right now, I would change it from on Johnson as RB4, To Jordan Howard. So those are the four Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, and Howard. At the wide receiver position, I have the Eagles keeping six. Here are my starters Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins. And no, I'm not going to tell you who's on the outside, who's at the X spot, who's at the Z spot, who's in the slot at the Y. To me, considering Smith played inside and out at Alabama, considering Rager has been used a lot in the slot. This training camp, and that's the plan for Jalen this season. Played a lot of it last night against Pittsburgh inside, considering Quez Watkins also played a lot inside yesterday against the Steelers. To me, what you do is you start those three guys and you just change them in and out. Sometimes Smith is inside, sometimes Rager is, sometimes Watkins is. Just interchange them, move them around the line of scrimmage, and let those three guys go to work this season. That's such an exciting trio. And I think Watkins right now has unseated Travis Fulgham for sure. I even think he's unseated Jalen Rager as wide receiver too. I think just performance wise, he's your second best receiver. But because Rager is a first round pick, only in year two, he's moving to the slot now. If I still had to like put a bet on BetOnline.ag and I had to say like who leads the team in snaps between Rager and Watkins in 2021, I would probably still say Rager but those are my top three. It's going to be Quez Watkins. It's going to be Jalen Rager, and it's going to be Devonte Smith. Behind them, as a wide receiver four, if you have Travis Fulgham in that spot, that's a really good position to be in, right? The biggest receiver you have, and I think he'll rotate in with Rager and Watkins, but for right now, I know he's had a good camp as well. Him and Watkins have had the best camps at wide receiver, but again, Rager is going to start. I think Quez Watkins has been better than Fulgham, and... Watkins was a guy the Eagles actually invested in in the draft. Fulgham was not. I know he had that great month of October last year, and Quez Watkins hasn't shown that level of production yet in the regular season. But right now, you can't keep Quez off the field. So Fulgham's my wide receiver four, and I think yesterday was pretty apparent that Greg Ward is behind those four guys on the depth chart, and he's with the second team. And then for the final spot at wide receiver, that sixth spot, I know they keep giving J.J. Ortega Whiteside every opportunity that they can, but I still think John Hightower has shown more in the NFL, and it's not even close, which is sad, over J.J. I mean, yesterday, it's pathetic. I was laughing. I mean, no offense to Geno. I know he still somehow loves this kid, but J.J. is playing against second and third team defensive backs, and he's a second-round pick that you took over D.K. Metcalf, over Terry McLaurin, and he still did absolutely nothing. I don't even know if he had a catch yesterday. I know Nick Mullins was terrible, but he was playing with Joe Flacco too. White Whiteside didn't have a catch yesterday. And it wasn't just that. He created no separation. Let's just face it. He is a historically bad bust. I think that's just what he is. Call a spade a spade. I'm going to use Gino's vocab against his own guy. John Hightower, yeah, did he struggle last year? To be consistent, he avoided, didn't love contact, struggled with drops. He's injured right now. He's been unseated by Quez Watkins and Travis Fulgham. But at least Hightower, at the beginning of the season, was making plays consistently down the field and was consistently creating separation. Those are two things that J-Jaw has never done since 2019. So to me, I know he hasn't done much. He didn't get to play in the preseason yesterday, uh, yesterday. But Hightower, to me, is still wide receiver six. At tight end... Um, I wrote down in my early 53-man roster predictions on Monday, I put down just, it was three, but it wasn't Zach Ertz. I still said, I think Ertz is going to get traded by the regular season. And it was going to be Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers, and Tyree Jackson. I think right now, though, I don't know, I'm getting a different feel for it. The way Hertz and Ertz were clicking yesterday, I could just see Howie Roseman saying, let's keep Ertz at least up until the NFL trade deadline, help him. Further develop Jalen Hurts' game across the middle of the field, be that safety blanket, raise Ertz's value, and then at the deadline a playoff contender, especially if the Eagles aren't winning games, like see where we're at there. If we're winning games, keep riding with Zach Ertz. But if a team like Baltimore or Green Bay that was interested last year in trading for Ertz comes calling again, and you're, you know, three and five or two and six, something like that, you move Zach Ertz. But for right now, I think that's the scenario that's going to play out the most. And I would say Ertz is tight end two, with Dallas Goddard obviously as the guy. And then I just think you have to keep Tyree Jackson. Like Richard Rogers, he was really good last year, soft hands, very reliable for Carson Wentz the first half of the season when nothing else was going right on offense. But you can't let Tyree Jackson slip. I don't you cannot store him on the practice squad. When he is six seven, when he has that four five four kind of speed, that huge wingspan. There's going to be a team that sees the production he had yesterday against Pittsburgh, the upside. He had a couple catches for 30-plus yards yesterday. He showed that he can separate. He went up and got a ball, and when he fully extended, I'm like, wow, that dude has some length. And what I like about him is, again, he was a former quarterback. And like Greg Ward, like Logan Thomas, I like when quarterbacks switch positions to receiver, to tight end. They understand routes. They understand what a quarterback likes. And I thought Jackson and Flacco yesterday were really clicking. There's just too much upside for Tyree Jackson to let him walk, especially considering next year, Zach Ertz is going to be gone no matter what. You need to have another guy behind Goddard. And so I don't think you're going to be able to get him on the practice squad. Somebody is going to pick up Tyree Jackson if you don't keep him. So as much as I thought Richard Rodgers was very reliable last year, I think you have to keep Tyree Jackson on this 53. And it's not just for that upside. Like, he put it to practice yesterday on the field. He, it wasn't just training camp where he was doing well. He looked like a tight end yesterday, one with a lot of upside. And if you stay patient, like Washington did with Logan Thomas, this can pan out. This could be a guy. This could be another Jordan Maialata type of turn this ball of clay, this, this, white, this blank canvas, mold him into what you want with those physical abilities, Josh Sweat as well, and turn him into a stud. I'm really, really excited about Tyree Jackson, and he's my third tight end. The offensive line, pretty self-explanatory, I would say right now, and man, it's so deep. It's such a good offensive line. The starters are great. Jordan Baialata at left tackle, Isaac Sayamalu at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Brandon Brooks at right guard, Lane Johnson at right tackle, and then the backups, it's like, This is a good, I mean, it's not a good starting offensive line, but there's a lot of young pieces on the bench here. I think Andre Dillard will be kept just based on his trade value. I think he's in the toilet right now. Might as well keep him for depth at tackle. Uh, Jack Driscoll, another swing tackle guard that you're going to keep. Very versatile player that's going to be very useful this year. The fourth round pick from 2020 out of Auburn. And then Landon Dickerson, obviously, this year's second-round pick, is going to be the primary backup, I think, behind Jason Kelsey and Isaac Sayamalu when he gets healthy. And then the last guy here of the nine is Nate Herbig. When you look at Dickerson, Herbig, Driscoll, that's a lot of versatility. Big V, Halapuli Vaitai, we saw how important that versatility playing left tackle and right tackle, how important that was for the Birds when Lane Johnson and Jason Peters were struggling to stay healthy. Now you have a bunch of those guys on the bench and they're young and inexpensive. They're in a really, really good spot up front. All right, so that is the offense. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by betonline.ag. Football season is here. The Eagles are officially into preseason action. Get all your NFL bets, your player props, futures, team over-unders, game-by-game bets, all at betonline.ag. A-G. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is when you use our promo code LOCKEDON L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% off welcome bonus at Bet Online. Go over and bet on the Eagles. Right now, they're over under for wins this year. Is that six and a half? And I feel like if Jalen Hurts is just competent and these offensive and defensive lines stay healthy, I'm not saying this is a Super Bowl contender. I'm not even saying this is a playoff team, but it's going to be hard for this team to stay under seven wins. Like I could really see them being seven and 10, eight and nine, that range, which sucks if you want a quarterback in next year's draft, but that's the range I think. So I would go with the over, but you could also take the under the line right now is at six and a half. And again, you can get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked on so go bet on jalen hurts to win as a dark horse mvp Devonte smith as rookie of the year at bet online your online sports book experts let's head over now to the defense as we continue to predict our 53-man roster for the eagles in 2021 right here on your daily philadelphia eagles podcast locked on eagles we ended on offense in the trenches on the offensive line let's start up on defense as well in the trenches with the defensive end position. I think there's some obvious ones here. Brandon Graham's a starter. Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett, they're rotating in on the other end. Ryan Kerrigan is your new Michael Bennett, your new Chris Long, that veteran, your new Vinnie Curry, that veteran third or fourth defensive end. And then I think that fifth spot, I think they keep five defensive ends, not six because I think you have multiple linebackers and defensive tackles that are going to play defensive end. Milton Williams yesterday, the Eagles' third-round pick in 2021, he played only defensive end. So you have Williams that can play as well. That's a sixth guy that can play the edge. You also have a linebacker, considering these odd fronts, Jannard Avery, a defensive end that moved to linebacker. I think Avery makes the roster, and so that's a bunch of guys that can play defensive end. So you're going to keep five traditional ones. Graham, Sweat, Barnett, Kerrigan, and then I think Teron Jackson, the day three pick from this past draft. He looked athletic, bendy, long, explosive off the ball. That's Geno's guy. I think he's the all-time leading guy in sacks of all time at Tulane. Don't quote me on that. I'm almost positive. Tulane or Tulsa? I can't remember. It's been a long day. But um, Teron Jackson, I think, gets that final spot on the defensive end. And then at defensive tackle, a defensive tackle you, again, you get four here. So you keep nine total, just like you kept nine offensive linemen. It's Fletcher Cox, it's Javon Hargrave, it's Milton Williams, and Hassan Ridgeway. Because then, much like Williams can play end, Janard Avery can play end, you also know that Brandon Graham can play inside on pass rushing situations. I think Derek Barnett can do the same thing. Josh Sweat, maybe even. So those four and Brandon Graham and those defensive ends – I think that'll be good for the defensive tackle spot. And then maybe T.Y. McGill makes it. Yesterday, he came away with a sack that was really created, though, mostly by Milton Williams pushing Mason Rudolph or I think it was Dwayne Haskins inside or Dobbs. I forget which one of those Steelers backups it was, but that was a great play by McGill and Williams. Maybe McGill makes this roster as the fifth defensive tackle, but I also think McGill's probably not going anywhere. So you can get away with these four on the initial... Uh, 53, and then you can have some call-ups on the practice squad. But again, it was interesting. Milton Williams only played defensive end yesterday, so it's really exciting to have just these versatile pieces up front, where you can put Williams outside, you can have Brandon Graham inside. They are very multiple when it comes to their pass rush, the front four. And then at linebacker, I had them keeping six, five traditional ones like Eric Wilson, Alex Singleton. Those are your two starters. Davian Taylor and T.J. Edwards rotating in in base packages or, you know, who knows the situation. Those are the top two guys. Sean Bradley, too, continues to make plays. I thought he looked really good against Pittsburgh yesterday, flying to the ball, a very efficient tackler. He just makes plays when he's out there. So those are your five traditional linebackers. And then I think that sixth guy is Jannard Avery. And like I said with the defensive line, Avery is a former defensive end that can play multiple spots. This year, you're not just a 4-3. You're not just a 3-4. You're going to have a lot of odd fronts, pass rushers, standing up, dropping back in coverage. And I think Gennard Avery is going to be the sixth guy they keep. They also are using Joe Osman in a very similar way. But Avery moves way better, I think, in space than Osman does. Osman just, I don't know, he didn't look right as a stand-up linebacker last night. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but I didn't really think Osman fit that role well. Like, he was a good tackler in space, but, man, with those leg injuries, he just, he's not a very fluid mover anymore. So I think Avery would be that guy that gets the final spot at linebacker. All right, two more spots on defense, then our special teams to wrap it up. Cornerback. It looked brutal yesterday. Please, God, don't let Darius Slay or Steven Nelson get hurt. Because after that, it it was abysmal last night. The third team defense just in general was awful. Especially in the secondary. I think Darius Slay, Steven Nelson, Avante Maddox by default, those are your three starters. And that's not a bad starting trio. Avante Maddox fits more inside. He hasn't really played well in the slot, those since 2018. But he fits better in the slot than on the outside. So Nelson allows him to go inside. That's not a bad trio. It's probably your best one you've had in a long time. But then after that, it's like, I'm really excited about Zach McPherson. But then it's uh, Craig James, Josiah Scott. I'm sorry, but Michael Jaquette, that guy cannot make this roster. I mean, he was getting torn up again yesterday. I don't think he can make the initial team. I think Craig James and Zach McPherson – those are your two other outside backups. And then Maddox's backup in the slot, I think will be Josiah Scott. So I think those six are there. Is it worth keeping six corners of that talent on this 53? Probably not. But considering you don't have a lot of proven, reliable guys on the bench, I feel like you have to keep more just to see at least if one of them can stick and turn out to be your surprise Crave on the right? Or Devontae Bosby after Philly when he went to Denver, Or, no, I should say not Devontae Bosby, Chandon Sullivan after he left Philly for Green Bay, right? I feel like maybe law of averages, you can just bet on one of them being somewhat competent, right? It sucks keeping six of those guys, considering I don't want to keep Craig James, Josiah Scott. I don't love the depth on this team. I think it's really, really bad, actually. But keep more and see if one can be that LeBlanc or Chandon Sullivan type of player for you. And then at safety, I think they keep five. I think they keep uh, Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod when he's healthy, Kavon Wallace, those are your starting three. Marcus Epps looks really good, and that's a surprise. He's kind of an enemy to a lot of Eagles fans because he blew that 2019 playoff uh, wild card third and long, or fourth and long. It was one of those big plays to try to get the ball back for Josh McCown down still by one score. Uh, He went one-on-one with DK Metcalf, and he just blew it. But in fairness, it's like you're asking Epps in his, like, first real big game situation. You're asking him to go up against DK Metcalf, one of the best receivers and maybe, to me, the most physically gifted receiver in the NFL right now. So he has really bounced back since. The analytics departments love Marcus Epps. That's your top four. Not bad. And then I think you do keep one more a fifth safety with Andrew Adams. And then, obviously, it's uh, the special team spots. It's Jake Elliott at kicker. Hit a 47-yarder yesterday, another 47-yarder, and a 50-yarder. Finished the day 3 of 3. Great bounce-back game for Jake Elliott. I think Aaron Sipos, obviously is your punter. And then my main man, Ricky Lovato. Long snappers are people too, baby. He is your long snapper for 2021. So that is my 53-man roster. Guys, I'll post a screenshot of it as well if you want to see the written portion and kind of compare yours to mine. Follow me on Twitter. I'll post it at L -L 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 O E and our show page at Lockdown Birds. All right, that's going to do it for another week of Locked on Eagles. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to these five shows this week. Again, if you missed any of the five, a lot of them were preview shows for the Pittsburgh game. So, But do check out yesterday's takeaway show. Check out this 53-man roster prediction. We've got five more shows next week for you as well. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But also, next Monday, we kick off our official start of the YouTube page For Lockdown Eagles. All our shows will be now in video form as well. YouTube.com. Type in Lockdown Eagles. Subscribe to our new official channel. We've got daily podcasts in video form. We're going to have some live shows at least once a week as well. Short preview clips as well. Sections we take from the podcast. Certain focused topics. That's all going to be on our Locked On Eagles YouTube page starting on Monday. You guys can see our ugly mugs now, these Italian eyebrows from Gino and I. We start up that as well on Monday. Perfect timing with the 2021 season right around the corner. It was a month from yesterday, so less than four weeks away from the official start to the Eagles regular season. That's going to do it. Louis DiBiase signing off. This has been your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Betting on the NFL, betting on the Eagles, betting on sports in general, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.